Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Go with me over to uh, Hebrews. Lord Jesus, help me today. Got a lot to talk about. We have been talking about the Holy Spirit. We've been in a series called There's More. And we have just been working our way up to next Sunday. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. This is just as big and as as important as Easter. It's that important. It's the birth of the early church. This is where Jesus told his disciples to go and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So they went in the upper room and they prayed and they fasted and they sought God for 10 days. And he showed up. Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate that, and they were filled with power. If you have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I want you to pray and seek God this week. If you don't listen and hear anything else I say, please do this. Do some praying, some fasting, reading in the Word, prepare yourself. Next Sunday, we're going to believe God that everyone would get filled or refilled in the house of God today, either online or in person. Amen? Many have already been filled. We've been building every week. Uh, has been seeing people filled, delivered. You guys, have, some of you have sent me emails. Please, if you have received something from the Lord recently, send the church an email. Go to the Welcome Center. It tells you how to do it. If you're watching online, go to the website. Click Prayer and Praise and let us know what God has done. I would love to read them with your permission next Sunday. Some of you have already sent me some. Let me know if I could read those. Come and see me. And uh, they're great. It builds our faith. So we're preparing for next Sunday. I'm going to talk about it again today. We've been talking about it all month long, that God has more. And uh, I want us to build our anticipation for next Sunday. Hebrews chapter 5. Are you ready for some meat today? This is Memorial Weekend. How many going to put some meat on the grill? Ain't nobody put a salad on a grill. How many put a meat on a grill? Amen? You know, can you handle some meat today? We're in Hebrews. Hebrews is the meat of the word. It's that ribeye steak. Hebrews is the meat of the word. How many can handle some meat? Okay, that's what we're going to talk about. In uh, Hebrews chapter 5, the Apostle Paul, through the Holy Spirit, says to us in verse 12, he kind of starts off with a little bit of rebuke, so brace yourself, but listen. He says, for by this time you ought to be teachers. You still need someone to teach you, again, the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk instead and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is still a babe or a baby. He said, you guys have been taking a step backwards in your spiritual disciplines, and you're needing milk. i got to feed you with the milk and the simple truths, and you know, make sure no one gets offended or challenged too much. And Paul says, we got to learn to grow in our faith a little bit. And so he began, that's the context of what he's saying. Verse 14, for solid food, steak, it belongs to those who are of full age. How many are of full age? Well, you can be full age physically, but not full age spiritually. And he's saying those that are mature, that's what meat belongs to them. And then he gives us the definition, the only time in the New Testament where we have a definition of a mature Christian, it is right here, you ready? This is a mature Christian. Those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern between both good and evil. They're able to tell between good and evil. 
A mature Christian is able to look at something, look at a situation and say, this is good or this is evil. I need to be a part of this or I need to not be a part of this. That's actually a mature Christian when they're able to do that. A toddler will put anything in their mouth. A toddler will walk right into the middle of an intersection. But someone who is mature says, I know better. I won't go past this boundary. I got boundaries set in my life. I got standards set in my life. My body is the temple of God. I will honor God with my body. And that's how I set standards in my life. That's a mature Christian. Come on, somebody. That's what he's saying here. That's what a mature Christian is. Then he goes on, chapter 6, verse 1. This is our scripture. Therefore, leaving the... The discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, and this is what caught my attention, we're going to talk about today. Let us go on to perfection or graduation. Okay, Maya, let's go to graduation. This is graduation season. Some of us need to graduate through this series that God has more. Some of us have been on this level. God's wanting to bring us to a deeper level and graduate. That's what he's talking about here. Not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. And here it is, of the doctrine of baptisms. 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 Everybody see that? S, plural. Some of y'all say, I only know of one baptism. What do you mean baptism? Some of y'all are from, uh, heard Ephesians 4, maybe came from a church where they talked about one Lord, one baptism, and you think there's only one baptism. No, Paul was talking about only one baptism right there. But this scripture tells us there is more than one baptism available for those that believe. Oh, this is so good. Are you with me today? Can you handle some meat? Come on with me. Come on. There's more than one baptism. There's actually three baptisms that I'm going to give them to you today. And then he says, of laying again the foundation, okay, uh, laying out of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. I want to talk to you about the baptism of more. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for all the things that you are doing in this service and in this season that we are living in. We ask you today to have your way speak to our hearts. No matter our religious background, no matter our affiliation, our doctrines and beliefs that we have been taught, we are ready to go on to maturity. Help us to have understanding today in this truth of baptism that you have left in your word, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. You may be seated. I'm going to get right into this today. Uh, get something out to write with and write some of this stuff down. It's going to be... Uh, very beneficial for you going forward to help you understand these baptisms. They're very, very important. This text tells us uh, a very um, simple truth about God. Are you ready to hear a truth about God? This is something you need to never forget. And it is so true, and that is simply this, that God is easily pleased but never satisfied. Let's think about this this week. God gave me this. He, he is easily pleased, but he is never satisfied. God is pleased when we confess our sin. But he is not satisfied with us just confessing our sin. He wants us to renounce our sin. Y'all with me today? He is pleased when we worship him on Sunday. But he's not satisfied with Sunday only worship. He is pleased when we read the Bible. He is well pleased when we read the Bible. He's not satisfied until we live the Bible. He is pleased with every single one of us positionally because through the death of Jesus Christ, we are made righteous and we are well-pleasing unto the Lord. That's our position. But he's not satisfied with our behavior or our practices. 
So he's always wanting to stretch us into further commitment and further levels of God. Same as a parent. You as a parent celebrate, you're, you're, you're well pleased with little Johnny graduating kindergarten. You're well pleased, but you're not satisfied. What if he was like, okay, I'm done, Dad, I'm out. My academic career is over after elementary school. No, no, you're pleased. You'll go and sit in that, you know, Coliseum and, and hear the names and, and be well pleased with little Johnny or little Sarah or whatever, whatever they've done. You're well pleased, but you're not satisfied with that. God is, is pleased with us for being here today and for all the accomplishments that you've got. But I want you to know there's more that God has in store for us. He is not satisfied with where we are, just as we as parents are not satisfied with our kids. We want them to continue to go further in their academic career and all their achievements. If you agree with that, say amen. When is God satisfied? Are you ready? Here it is. It's simple. He is satisfied when we are all in. Everybody say all in. This is the premise of the entire message. This is the center point of the entire message. God is not satisfied until we as believers are all in and we stay all in. It's a constant struggle because things are trying to pull us out of our commitment of being all in. Have you found that out? Have you found that? Have an awesome service every week here. Have you found that out by Tuesday or Wednesday? You got the enemy pulling you in so many different ways and and here you go again. It's a constant fight. Heaven and earth, God and, and the enemy, if I can make it simple, are fighting over one thing, over mankind, and that is your heart, your will. This whole thing is all about your will, who you choose to believe, who you willingly surrender your heart to. Who are you willingly going to say, I'm all in? Is it God or the world and the enemy? That's the Bible from cover to cover. Because God has given us a human will. I want to let you know today, but when you, when you say and, and choose God, that you're going to be all in, that it's a good thing. It's a good thing to be fully surrendered to God. It's a good thing to be all in to God. Tell the person next to you, it's a good thing. In fact, look at every experience you've ever experienced in your life. Only when you are all in will you get the full consequence and, and the good response. You're trying to lose weight? How I many know you can't cheat on the diet? You're just cheating yourself. It won't work. Well, I've been on this diet for six weeks. What have you been eating? I've been only eating vegetables during the day, but about 8 o'clock at night, I eat the cherry pie and a half a gallon of ice cream. How come this ain't working? Because you're not all in on that diet, bro. That's exactly what's happening. You go to the gym, and I see this regularly when I go to the gym. You got some people on the gym, they, they're in the right place. They're sitting even on the machine, but they they even got the expensive package. They got all the things they could do in the gym. They've been going for two years and ain't seen no results. Why? You're at the right place at the right time, but you ain't all in. And God, he loves that we come to church, but you could come to church every week and still not be all in. You can worship and learn the songs and still not be all in. God is saying, I'm not satisfied until I get a people who are all in. All in. Let me give you an example of experiencing the goodness of God when we surrender. I've always wanted to fly when I was a little boy. Most little boys always dream about Superman and flying. That was me. Six, seven years old, I'm tying a tie around my neck, and I'm running through the backyards and, and uh, scaring people's cats, and I've always wanted to fly. So just recently, my um, daughter, son-in-law, his brother all talked me into going skydiving. 
And so uh, during COVID, everybody was locked down. We were jumping out of planes. Amen. So I got a picture I want to show you here. This is, this is us when we went skydiving. And I want you to notice that Melinda is cheesing it up in the back because she's not about to jump out that plane. <laughs> everybody else, if you notice, we uh, have somebody there. Okay, go to the next one. There I am, Tyler and Steve. Okay, here's, here's Miranda. She's, I want her to go first because I want to make sure my baby's parachute opens because this, I could, it would ruin my trip if she did. So I had to make sure she went first. But I want you to notice that every person is given a more experienced jumper. That's how you go if you've never been skydiving. They just don't let you go. Now, there were people who were uh, professionals who wanted to catch a ride up to 13,000 feet. They had their own outfits. This one lady had a pink and black. I mean, these guys are professionals. They, had, they weren't tandem with nobody. They were, they were professionals. They just needed a ride, a ride up there. Okay, you got them. But for us amateurs, we need to be... Uh, with someone and so they give you a, an experienced jumper and during this entire experience they tell you that you can back out at any time there's no, no you know you can back out in fact you can back out even all the way to that little black bench that they are straddling when you get to the end of that bench then the guy is going to give you a thumbs up which means are you still all in go to that next slide this is him right here at the bottom of the screen. He's looking at Miranda. Miranda's looking at the door. <laughs> He's, this is your last time. Listen, once you get to the end of that bench, you have reached the point of no return. And he looks at her and he says, are you all in? And if you do this or you do this, journey's over. Move to the back. Let the next one up. So Miranda obviously gave the thumbs up. She went out. Tyler went out. Go to the next one. There's me jumping out. And I love the experienced jumper. He said, I got my Adidas on. Yes, I do. He said, all you got to do is just relax, put your head back, and I'm going to do all the work. And I love that. And he jumped out. And I wanted to just show you the final picture. Both thumbs up, baby. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eddie is flying. Now, Buzz Lightyear might say, fall in with style, but I'm, I'm flying at 13,000 feet. Both thumbs are up because after you experience the all-in, you're so glad you did, and you're saying, why was I so afraid? Can I tell you that's the same way with the Holy Spirit? God says if you would just trust him, go past your fears, give him a thumbs up, he will send to you a more experienced jumper. Come on, somebody. Somebody who is a comforter. Somebody who is a helper, somebody that's going to do all the work. All you got to do is let, stay connected to him and he will take care of you and let you have a safe journey in this messed up world. But you got to be all in, but you got to be all in. Tell your neighbor, I'm all in. Are you all in? Many people, listen, those of you at home, those of you at here, whenever you're watching this service, here's the point. Many will not experience the exciting journey that God has in store for you because you hold back. You weren't raised in a church that taught you about the baptism in the Holy Spirit or being a person of the Spirit, or maybe you've seen other people and heard other stories that left a bad taste in your mouth or confusion or fear about the Holy Ghost. You don't need to be afraid of the Holy Ghost. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're talking about it all month long, teaching you different truths about emptying up yourself. Don't get too familiar. Don't get stuck in your experiences. And today I want to show you about the baptisms. Baptisms 
are God's ways or methods to bring the seeker to an area of surrender. That's what baptisms are. Baptisms are in God's methods to get us the seeker who's just interested in jumping out of a plane, who's just interested in being a Christian. Baptisms are God's method to bring us from a seeker to all in surrendered. There's three of them. Write these down. Salvation, water, and spirit. These are the three baptisms I wanted to give you today. Baptism, the actual word baptism means to immerse, to submerge. It means what? All in. That's what baptism means. You might have been sprinkled in your religious experience. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, But what the word actually means is to be all in. There's a reason why God wants you to go all the way into the water. There's a reason for baptism being that word, all in, because it, it means something. And many of you have only heard of one, maybe you heard of two, but there are three that every person on planet earth, God wants you to experience. And the first one is salvation. This is the most important. This is the one that determines whether you go to heaven or not. This is salvation baptism. And what happens when you get uh, all in, when you get baptized uh, or saved, as we call it? This is what the Bible says takes place. Number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. This is what happens when a person says yes to Jesus. But it's not just, let me just say this, it's not saying just a prayer and having a head knowledge. That's just being on the plane and watching everybody else jump out. That's just watching the show every week. That's just watching what Christianity wants. No, there's a difference between that. God's definition of saved, being born again, is when you are baptized into Christ, when you are into Christ, and the Holy Spirit does that supernaturally. Here's a scripture, 1 Corinthians. It says, for we were all baptized by who? One spirit. We were baptized by spirit, Holy Spirit into one body. This is salvation. Salvation has always been an all-in thing. Jesus has always wanted you to be all-in. Christianity has always been something that you are. You can't be kind of saved no more than you can be kind of pregnant. Come on, somebody. You with me? It's always been that way. It's always been that way. And you know the scriptures in Revelation where Jesus comes and he knocks at the door. He says he knocks at the door and he wants to come in. If any man will open that door and let him in, let him all in. You've heard me talk about this before. Many of us treat Jesus like the UPS guy or Amazon guy or FedEx guy. We only want him to bring his, uh, the blessing to the front porch. And many have that mindset in Christianity that God is trying to bring the Holy Spirit, trying to bring more into our lives, but we Hide behind the door. Some of us don't even answer the door. Some of you have been knowing Jesus has been knocking at your door for years. Every Sunday especially. For years he's been knocking on your door. Through kids camp, through VBS all your life. He's been knocking on the door. I want in. And many just ignore him. Others, they do. They'll have the, they're the front porch Christians. You know how they do. You'll answer the door. And be like, oh, how you doing? And you'll have a conversation and you'll talk all day with them on the front porch. But you ain't getting in the house. House is a mess. I'm not letting you in the house. We're going to stay right here. And many people in the Christian world will talk about Jesus, talk to Jesus, know the scriptures, but they ain't going to let them all in. I want you to know today that you're missing out on the best adventure in your life. 
by letting him all in. God is looking for some people that's going to get out of the way. Get out of the way. Come on, I know it's Memorial Weekend, but you got to learn to get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit have his way. Leave the door open. Let him come and go as he wants. Let him come all the way in those back bedrooms. Let him get up underneath that bed. Let him get in the closet. Believe me, because while he's there, while he is there, he's not going to condemn us, but while he's there, he's going to help clean it up. Wouldn't you love somebody to come in your house and just clean up your house? That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do, but he can't do it if we just let him on the outside. Write this down. Salvation, baptism determines our eternal future. This is so important. This is really, I don't want to say this is all you need, but it is all you need to go to heaven, is you must be born again. You, you need this baptism. I don't care if you've prayed a prayer. If you haven't been all in, then you just got some religion. I don't got time to, to beat around the bush. You, you got religion. You can be on the plane then not jump out. You know what I'm saying? All in. Are you all in? Christianity doesn't change your schedule. It changes your life. This has always been an all in thing. Number two, I want you to give you the second baptism. We'll move on from salvation. Once you have been uh, baptized into Christ, meaning you have, you have been all, you surrendered your life to Christ, you are all in to Jesus. There's another baptism. This is the baptism of water. We all know about this. What happens here? The first one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. Number two, the disciple baptizes us into water. The disciple baptizes us into water. Matthew 28, 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is what water baptism. So the first one has to do with our future. You need to write this down. Water baptism is where we bury our past. Water baptism is where you officially, it's just something happens in the spirit when you get water baptized. We baptized several people over, over the last year. It's been several. And we got another one coming up this summer. If you haven't been baptized, you can go to the website, go to the Welcome Center, sign up. You need to get water baptized. There is something that happens in the spirit when you take that public stand and say, I am all in. This wedding ring doesn't, doesn't marry me. It just shows people I am married. Water baptism doesn't save you. It shows people you are all in. And some of you were water baptized before you were saved. Some of you were water baptized, sprinkled, or even dunked perhaps when you were younger and you never went through the first baptism. You never truly went all in for Christ. You need to be rebaptized. Because you can have a religious experience. And, and, and the sprinkling thing, let me just say that it's not really the method, because there are times there are people, I've had this happen and done this with folks in the hospital or in situations where they can't physically get into a tank. And so, yeah, you baptize them, but I always make sure I get right to the head. And cover their head. But it's the attitude of the heart that we're looking for in water baptism. But it means to be fully submerged. Remember that. It means to be all the way in. It's a demonstration of our devotion to the Lord. And when uh, the great picture is when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. He said to them, he said, this Pharaoh that wants to make you a slave. This Pharaoh who had you in bondage. You are never going to see him again after this day. Listen to this. And God divided the waters, 
and they came across the waters to the, uh, and walked on dry land. Then the enemy tried to go after them. The enemy tried to go after Israel and bring them back into bondage, bring them back into slavery. But God brought the waters on top of them and, and they were buried. That's the same thing that happens with water baptism in the Spirit. You, your past is buried. Past is always going to have a voice. You just can't let it have the last word. And water baptism is something that takes care of that very thing. I love what Max Lucado said. That's, water baptism is where you separate the tire kickers from the car buyers. Again, deeper level of commitment. You need to get water baptized. We've all been to car lots. Knowing in our mind we ain't going to buy that car. And they come out and they give us the best spiel possible. I've been sometimes hours at a dealer knowing in my heart, I am not going to buy that car. And I've been trying to tell this guy, no, no, no. But they are trained to not take no for an answer. And many people are hearing me today and God's trying to bring you into deeper waters with Christ. And you come and you listen and you hear the word. But deep, deep, deep down in that heart, you ain't never going to experience what God wants for you. You done made up your mind. And I'm here to challenge you today and say, God has got so much more for you. If you would just put, your, put the thumb down, bring it up and say, God, let your will be done. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Well, many times we do that. God's wanting to bring us deeper in these baptisms. Now, this is what I wanted to get to. I love the clock. Hallelujah. You might have experienced the first one. You might have experienced the second one. And maybe you've experienced the third one. But maybe you haven't. This is called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is when Jesus baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. You've heard it in all four Gospels. It is in all four Gospels. Just give me a few minutes to unpack this and get you prepared. We'll pray for you today. You can always get prayer at the end of every service. But I really want you that haven't experienced this yet. My goal is that everyone at River of Life will be filled with the Holy Spirit by the end of this year. As your pastor, that's what I want. Many of you have. Many of you have told me that you haven't prayed in the Holy Spirit in years. Some of you said you've never done it before. In the last month and a half, you've experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit and, and beginning prayer. That's awesome. I want everybody to experience. You need this experience. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to have it. It's in all four Gospels. Listen to it in Matthew. John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water. Everybody say water. That's the second baptism. Unto repentance. That's the first baptism. Repentance is salvation. Believe and repent, you shall be saved. So he says there's two baptisms right here. I can handle the two. Many of you have experienced the two. But look what he says. But there's more. But there's more. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He says it in Mark, he says it in Luke, he says it in John. It's in all four Gospels. How many know Jesus is our example? You know, Jesus had all three. You can read it in Luke 3 and 4. He was baptized, he's standing in the water. Now, let me teach you something on this. The Bible says that Jesus, standing in the water, he was water baptized. Well, let's back up. Did Jesus need to be born again? Did he need that first baptism? No. He didn't need to be born again. He was born right the first time. He is salvation. I'll push your doctrine a little bit further. He really didn't need to get baptized in water. In fact, he told John that. 
John said, what are you doing here? You don't need this. And Jesus said, I know I don't need it, but I must do it as an example for everybody else who's going to come to believe in me. And so that the scriptures may be fulfilled, put me under water, John. And while he went under the water, what happened? Don't miss the third one. Some of y'all done left. Uh Uh-uh, that's all I need, Pastor Eddie. No, 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 no. Before Jesus took on the devil, before Jesus healed one person, before Jesus did any ministry work at all, there came from heaven one like a dove, the Holy Spirit who landed on him. And Jesus said, these signs will follow them that are all in. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick. They will speak in new tongues. They will drive out demons. That's what Jesus said would happen to those who are all in, who experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit. That's what happened to Jesus. Then he went right into the, to the desert. He fought the enemy. Chapter 4, he came back in the power of the Spirit, and he started his ministry. I can go through the book of Acts and show you all of these scriptures. I'll do that maybe next week. I'll just show you one. In Acts 8, it says that there was a group of people called the Samaritans in Samaria, They were given the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to hear this from a a preacher named Philip preached to them. And it says in verse 12, but when they believed, everybody say believe. They believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Both men and women were baptized. They believed, that's number one, and they were baptized, number two. There's your two baptisms. Many have been taught that this is all you ever need. Okay, so the Bible then says that's all they need. Let's move on to the next city and get folks to believe and to be water baptized because they don't need no more. They're good. Is that what happened? No. Next verse. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them who when they came down prayed for them to, that they might receive what? I thought they got the Holy Spirit when they believed. I thought they got everything they needed when they believed and was water baptized. Someone's saying there's more. There's more. They need more. So they sent these two heavyweights down. My dad always calls them the heavyweights. They came down. And look what happened. They said they did. And they said to them, for the Holy Spirit has not yet fallen upon none of them. They've only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Salvation. So they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. If you go on to read, they begin to pray and they begin to prophesy. You need all three. I could take you to Acts 19. 25 years later, Paul comes across some disciples and asks them this question. Have you received since you believed? Have you received the third baptism since you've already had the first and the second? Let me ask you this morning at River of Life. Have you received all three? You need all three. You need all three. Last scripture I'll give you. 1 John Five, seven, and eight. You need to know this as well so you can talk to your family and your friends and discuss this because this is something I believe the enemy has done a great job in confusing the church on this third person of the Trinity. People have been afraid of the Holy Spirit. They have a crazy doctrine. They, they believe they got to feel a certain way. You have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, within you, 24-7. Your job is to stir it up. My job is to stir up the Holy Spirit and you can take anything on that you're facing. But look at 1 John. It says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Everybody see that? Everybody see those three? The Father, the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus. And the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. So in heaven, these three 
are in heaven and they are united in heaven. They agree as one in heaven. These three right here. Watch this next verse. And there are three that bear witness on earth. Now he says it in reverse, but look at it through baptism. The spirit, the water, and the blood. What's the blood? Jesus. Baptism, salvation, water, spirit. These three are one. You need all three. We need all three. I could take you to the tabernacle that you could only get in the tabernacle one way. Then the altar of, in, the altar of sacrifice represents salvation. Then the laver of water represents the water. And then you had to be anointed with oil before you go into the holy place. Christians all over the place go through the front gate. They do the altar of sacrifice, the uh, water, and then they skip right past the Holy Ghost and try to get into this presence. And they don't see any power. They don't see any fire, any passion in your life. What's missing? You need the third one. That's what's missing. The first one has to do with your future. The second one has to do with your past. Write this one down. The third one is where we get empowered for our present. That's what the third, that's what the three baptisms are. Shortened it up best I can, but those are the three. My question is to you is where are you on those three? Many of you have already experienced the three. Some of you have done the three and just kind of forgot about it and thought that was just a one-time thing. That is something that you and I need to have a reoccurrence to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want us to stand right now to our feet. I'm done, I'm done preaching and bringing this out. Now it's time to, to pray and to respond. And I know the weekend and I know got a lot of things going on. This is how I'm going to do this. We're going to pray for you today, absolutely, if you need prayer. Regarding the baptisms or if you just need a prayer, anything in your family, you're going to get prayer today. You come to the house of God, you need to get prayer. You need to get water baptized, you can sign up for that and get baptized. You need to be baptized in water. God's wanting to bring you all in. This is the day that we need to be all in. The world is just unraveling. We can all see that. Now is the time, more now than ever, to be all in. But that first baptism and that last baptism, that's what this altar call is for right now today. I don't know where you are with your walk with God, your religious experience. I know where most of you come from, and I know you're here, but I never know on services every week, watching online where you are. I'm here to tell you that you need to be baptized. You need to be all in to Jesus Christ, number one. It's not a religious thing. It's an all-in thing. Be baptized. Be all in to Jesus. Some of you are, are slowly, over the weeks and months, you've made decisions for Christ and you're slowly giving yourself to Christ. That, that's called entering in the kingdom. But don't do that all day. There is a difference between entering the kingdom and inherited the kingdom. Some people get in the water one step at a time. Okay, I'm just going to go like this. And I'm going to get in until I'm ankle deep. And I'm going to get in like, ooh, that's too cold. And I'm just going to take my time with this Jesus thing. I'm going to take my time. I love it right here. Some of y'all been right here for three years. Some of y'all been right. Some of you guys went all in here. And for COVID or whatever happened, you got back out. You just like to hang out at the pool. I'm here to tell you it's time. Please hear me today. To get all in. To get all in. What's keeping you out? Why are you loving something that don't love you back? God is saying, I got more for you. 
I got more for you. Others, you cannonball like I did right in the deep end, baby. I did that. 1997, I got right with God. I got rid of everything in my house that would offend God. I got rid of the drugs and alcohol. You heard my story. I, I cannonball into the deep end. I was filled with the Holy Spirit two months later. Started winning people to the Lord like that. 25 years clean and sober this November. Give God the glory. Amen. How'd you do it? I'm all in. Strapped to the Holy Spirit and we jumped out of the plane and it's been an awesome journey. I'm here to tell you, I know it's Memorial Weekend, but God can change your life today. It's time to get into the deep end of the pool. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Light, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.